HBO Max has changed its name to Max. Your move, Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 196 of the Erasable Podcast. Tonight, we're featuring our tools of the trade for the entire episode. I'm Johnny, and I'm here with two guys who are definitely not tools, and whom I would (laughs) never, ever trade away for even the rarest of limited editions, even Blackwing 211s, Andy and Tim. Hey guys! Hello! I was wondering what you could say about tools and reference us. I wanted to work in (laughs) the band, but... It's kind of dark for this time of year. Nice. Yeah, it's good to talk to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been cutting out Tools of the Trade a lot lately because mm-hmm. sometimes our episodes get a little long. So tonight we thought we would just do Tools Tim's of the Trade. Tim's always like, here are the 12 albums I've listened to lately that I have to tell you all about. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That's so t- yeah, tonight we're going to talk about stuff we've been listening to, stuff we've been watching, reading, and of course, stuff we've been using. So you want to start us off, Mr. Andy, with what you've been listening to? Yeah. Well, I think the latest thing I've been listening to is The the Record, which is the new and first studio album by Boy Genius, which is Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dawkins. And I think, I think I had seen an SNL episode with Phoebe Bridgers and mentioned how great she was. And then Tim, you were just like, oh, you have to listen to all of this other stuff, like the whatever <laughs> well, social club. No, what is it called? Her? Well, I because yeah, like actually the Boy Genius stuff has been like a, a blank, like whatever you call it, a blind spot for me. Yeah. But like her, her, her solo album that had just come out around then is probably what I talked about. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. And then she, she I think she and Julian Baker did one too that was called like something Community Center or... Mm-hmm. I can't well, think that's, of that. That's the one she did with the guy from Bright Eyes, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What's his name? Yeah. But yeah, there's just like a, just a rotating group of like Better Oblivion Community Center. Mm-hmm. Connor Oberst. Is that Connor? Yeah. Yeah, Connor Oberst. Yeah, that's Connor Oberst. Yeah. Anyhow, she, Phoebe Bridges kind of just has like just a. Just a random kind of like collection. Sometimes she tours with Taylor Swift and sometimes she's doing like this super kind of like indie sounding thing, but it's just, yeah, it's really nice. It's very mellow and, you know, very kind of like quiet emo. So big, big fan of that. I'm also, so one of the things I did, I guess, when I talk about what I'm listening to is I've been trying to just like save a little money from all of the just various subscription services I had. So I, canceled spotify and i've just been using apple music and it's going okay did you have both before i had both before and i was paying okay. i was paying for the for apple music through like that apple one subscription where you just have like tv and music and news and all that stuff so i was also paying for spotify and i was just like why am i doing both so canceled canceled that a little bit harder to, for me to navigate around apple music because it's been so long since i've used it i think i played with it when it came out and but I've been using Spotify just pretty consistently for a long time, so trying to get used to that still. But it's it's going pretty well. Have you tried any of those websites that'll like transfer your playlists? Oh no! Oh, that's yeah. Where like you can put in like your Spotify and your Apple Music, and it'll like automatically create the playlists for you oh. in whatever service you're switching to. I've not tried one yet, but I've been curious when I switched. There's one called from Spotify to Amazon. There's one called TuneMyMusic.com. There's one called Soundies, S-O-U-N-D-I-I-Z. Okay, I'll try this. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I, did, I didn't even think that that could be something that exists. Yeah, you have to pay if it's going to be like a certain amount of music. Yeah. Like it, there's like a small amount you can do for free here. Yeah. It's worth checking out. What's weird is my Apple Music still has like all of the playlist folders from when it was iTunes. And none of that, I, I, don't, I don't know where any of that downloaded music is, like if I, that still exists. <laughs> so all those folders are empty, but I have things on there that I created like, like literally 20 years ago. So <laughs> it's been a while. Just like CD rips. I would get a CD from the library and like rip it into, <laughs> into my iTunes. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did that all the time. That, that was so like, much. that was the, the core of my, library of jazz that i got when i was in high school was like that was the only kind of music i could get from the library yeah <laughs> like dozens had, of them every week 
I had a one of the first CD like external USB CD burners. I worked at Best Buy when I was in high school, and I had a CD burner, so I would like music from the library and like con- like put it on my computer and convert it and then burn it onto a CD and like keep it either for myself or give it to friends or whatever. And it would take forever because like oh. I couldn't burn that at like any more than like two x speed, and ripping oh, yeah. it was not not more than that. So it just took. And then also, like, if somebody was, like, stomping by and shaking the floor, like, often the CD would fail. <laughs> Those are the if days. I told, have I told the story on here about, like, getting in trouble in middle school for burning CDs? No. I feel like I have. Have <laughs> I not told the story? You were just a music copying kingpin? No, the opposite. I was, I was, no, I, I tell this story sometimes with friends because I'm like, this is what saved my musical taste. Because I was in middle school. I was, like, in sixth, seventh grade, probably seventh grade. And it was, like, right when, like, CD burners were like getting to be a little more, yeah, you know, of a regular. And I had this buddy, Dimitri, and I was like, and he's burning CDs, and he's like, I'll burn you some CDs. It's like, okay, I'll give you five bucks for five CDs, and he was like, okay. <laughs> and so he burns me five CDs. I give him five bucks. I take them home. They are some real doozies, like uh, like Ja Rule, and uh, <laughs> there's a DMX album. There was Corn. It was like all stuff wow. that like people would not expect based on what I listen to now. And, you know, I put some stuff on there, like, you know, I like, I think it was a Green Day, like American Idiot or something, like one of those albums or something. But it was these five CDs. And then all of a sudden I got called into the principal's office for the only time in my entire life. And the principal, who was clearly just had no idea what it meant to burn CDs, he was <laughs> like, what do you know about copyright infringement? And I was like, download a car. Yeah. <laughs> And I like went home and my dad had like called the police and was like, what are the punishments for copyright infringement? I was like, dad, I just bought these off of a friend, you know, but anyways, I was like my brother and I had to like play the CDs. So you could hear like what I had yeah. gotten pirated copies of. <laughs> it's nice. Your principal was in the pockets of like big music. Yeah. Yeah. Sony <laughs> was paying him under the table. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he looked like Andre the Giant. He was gigantic. He was just like this. <laughs> oh, that is a scary principle to have. Yeah. Yeah. Did he make himself the posters that say obey? <laughs> he should have. Gosh, principle so and so has a that would have been I mean, would would Shepherd Fairy come after you for copyright infringement? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so yeah, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, that's a good I will try converting Spotify to Apple Music. That's a great idea. I'm also trying to listen to podcasts again. Like, it's embarrassingly so. Like, during the pandemic, I really didn't listen to many podcasts because most of the time I would listen, it was during my commute to and from work. And I've been picking up a little bit, but I haven't listened to many podcasts recently. And now on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm going, I'm commuting into an office. So I've been been listening to, to podcasts a little bit more. So still listening to all my various Merlin Man shows like Roderick on the Line and irreconcilable differences and stuff like that. But there's a few more. There's one that a couple people do called, I think that Toffer recommended this to me, but it's called, oh shoot, what is it called? Consumed. It's basically just about like, like it started off just about like consumables and here's a different, different kinds of like vegan meats. And here's, oh, hold on, what is it called? Uh, All consuming. Sorry, that's what it's called. It's Noah Kalina, who's a photographer and Adam Lissagor, who, runs sandwich video and did you look nice today so that's really good and yeah just a few other ones just around there so trying to trying to pick that stuff back up that is about it for what i'm listening to how about you tim what's what's your what's your weekly 16 albums that you're listening to every day <laughs> oh gosh yeah no it's it's an addiction that's for sure. <laughs> but my, my first one which is just in anticipation of not like recording an episode next week but I've talked at length about my love for Jason Isbell. Yeah. My favorite songwriter on the planet. And he has a new album coming out next week called Weather Veins. And he has three singles out now. There's one called Death Wish, which there's a, if you can, if you can, it's not that hard. If you can, if you go on Instagram and find Jack White from the White Stripes, he recorded like a pretty incredible cover, like solo cover of the song, hmm. the new song Death Wish by Jason Isbell. Hmm. Because, and then it's like one of those things where you, when you hear it and you listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, this is totally a Jack White's <laughs> Jack White song. <laughs> the way he sings it. Yeah, it's like Death Wish. There's one called Cast Iron Skillet. The opening lines are, don't wash your cast iron skillet. 
don't drink and drive, you'll spill it, which is pretty a great line. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and then what was don't the play with guns, you'll kill it. Yeah. <laughs> is that one of the lines? No, that's, I just made that one. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> good. Look at me. That's I can write good. songs. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that's coming out next week. So I'm super pumped because that documentary, which I talked about recently, running with your eyes closed on HBO max is so good. Um, I'm see. sorry, HBO Max, you just mean Max? Oh, I'm sorry. God forgive me. Max. Um, I saw on the wait, HBO wait, executive is real mad right now. Yeah, yeah. On the, oh, wait, wait, don't tell me this week. They were like, yeah, that's right. HBO Max has changed its name to Max. Your move, Peacock. <laughs> 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 like, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, so I've also been listening to a podcast that I discovered called Wong Notes, which is done through the network of premier guitar which Corey wong is this guitar player who hosts it. and he has this like famous youtube channel i guess i didn't know this but he's he plays this like sort of funk jazz guitar but he just has guitarists on all the time to talk about their gear and like they're like how they think about playing it's a really good podcast he's really charismatic but one of his he's in a band called he's in several projects but one of them's called wolfpack you ever heard of wolfpack mm-hmm they headline festivals and stuff like they're pretty big, but there's like this sort of super funk big band that plays. And but he interviewed his guitarist Theo Katzman, and I was like, "Gosh, this is a really good interview." And then I went to one of my favorite songwriting podcasts, which is called Soda Jerker on Songwriting, and they interviewed him as well about songwriting. I was like, "Gosh, who is this guy? He's a good guitar player and he can write songs. This is amazing." But he has a new album out that's called Be the Wheel. Yeah, Theo Katzman. It is fantastic. I've been listening to it all week. It's it's a really good album. Be the Wheel is this, you know, song about it's like the the lyrics, like to paraphrase the lyrics, is something like don't try to be the car, don't try to be the the horse and buggy. Like you just need to be the wheel. Like kind of this idea of like just the wheel's the thing that changed it all. So like think simply, like think simply, and just like I don't know. So it's like it sounds cheesy when you say it out loud, but like the song is so good and it's such a I don't know. Album's a lot of fun, so check it out. And then another podcast that I finally got back into listening to, and I have like a huge disclaimer on this one. The content is awesome, but it's one of those podcasts from like you don't have to use your newscaster voice when you read. Uh, <laughs> They're just going the like this. that. You wrote. They're like, and then Ernest Tubb did. Blah, blah, blah. It's like welcome it's a to the Reasonable Podcast, but it's it's called Cocaine and Rhinestones, hmm. and it is a sort of like deep dive history of country and Americana music podcast that's done <laughs> by the son of David Allen Coe. Oh, wow. His name's Tyler Mahan Coe. The content, again, is like really good, but at least like this first season that I'm listening to right now, and the episodes are long. Like he'll be like, he he goes all in. He'll do like a three-hour episode. It's almost like the, what's that history podcast? Hardcore history? It's like the, it's like country music's hardcore history or something. But he definitely has like the Midwestern newscaster voice sometimes. Yeah. Here at the beginning. <laughs> but yeah. Nice. I'll I'll stop myself there. There's a lot of new music <laughs> coming out. There's there's a lot of new music coming out. I'm super excited. So like keep an eye out for that new Jason Isbell album. And then Bob Dylan has an album coming out on Friday. Oh wow. Which really? is just a little little new artist well, that you it's probably a, never it's heard a of. Sort of new album, but it's called Shadow Kingdom and it's basically like a live album where he is playing the like 2020 it, well, it was recorded last year. It's like the 2022 versions of some of your favorite songs. Cause that's like, he's infamous for like never stopping revising songs and like changing lyrics and changing arrangements and all this stuff. So it's like the newest versions of it. And I'm super excited. Yeah. I would love to hear an updated version of like the times they are changing. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, although I think that's classic. I think it's, it's still relevant to today. Oh, yeah, yeah. So much of it. it will be in 3,400. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you 2 did that in March. They put out a big album, like reimagining some of a lot of their songs. But they're all slower. They're all what? Like, did if, you say slower? Yeah, a lot of them sound like if they were how old they are now when they wrote. <laughs> well, like, I, those, thought you said like, sl- I, th- I thought you said slur. Like, they're all slurs. Slur. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting really slurs. old. You know. <laughs> That's the the Dead and Company. Like I think they're great, but like their shows have just been like they play everything like at half speed. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> come on, guys, 
See, that, that, you know, the last time I saw you two, like, they put on a show. I'm like, how do you do this every, like, at any age, let alone, no offense, your age? Hmm. I'm not that old. I know well, if you're listening to this, please don't take offense. <laughs> Tim said it. <laughs> yeah, Bono. T- <laughs> I love you. Very, very friendly man. Yeah. Thank you for doing so many good things for the world. Uh, that's all I've got. So, okay. Johnny, you want to keep rolling? Sure. So, I'm kind of hard pressed to say what I've been listening to lately because. So, I started making this playlist for my mailing list like five or six weeks ago. That was supposed to be like, I don't know, more upbeat stuff because the last one I put out was called Melancholy March and it was pretty, pretty downbeat. But I've gotten like obsessed putting stuff on and taking stuff off. It's eating up all my music listening time. But last week, for some reason, I started listening to Bush for like an hour. And if you're not my age, Bush was one of those late grunge bands that was like, in retrospect, almost a parody of grunge. Like they had a song called Everything Zen. Like, could you reference Nirvana more? <laughs> they were just kind of. I've heard of Bush, but I don't think I've ever listened to Bush. They like they they had a thing where they, I don't know, they were dumbing themselves down to try to play grunge and didn't work but my brother was really really into him what's their um, like most popular song i don't know either everything's in or glycerine oh, it depends how old okay. you are they did a couple more albums that were yeah very good but yeah it was, it's a neat throwback look back and be like why did i like kind of like this i mean i never owned them back in the days when you had to own the album but or you could just you know pirate it from, yeah, from your friends this was before cd burners tape recorders <laughs> yeah when i was in middle school none of us had cds yet or yeah. cassettes but uh, yeah it's it's the flip side of like if you check out something like me puppets you're like why didn't i like this more this is so good. But, uh, yeah and i've been listening to a lot of george michael for the last like two or three months because it's so damn good and hmm. i think i'm old enough that i can just be like yeah i like george michael yeah but, tool um, and george michael that's yeah. what that's what johnny's into yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they did a they did an unplug show that was like just ridiculous. It was so good. The version of Father Figure is like the best unplugged version of anything. Except with the one of Freedom, he was really good. But uh, yeah, I I've sort of been playing music again with a couple of my friends. I'm like, hmm, like cover Father Figure. If I like play the keyboard part, the old bass, well, that's a rap hole. <laughs> so yeah, so how about we jump onto stuff we're watching? You want to go first again, Andy? Sure. Have either of you ever seen Steven Universe? I feel like my kids have had it. Yeah. I feel like I've never even heard of it. So it's kind of like it's kind of like Adventure Time. In fact, I think Rebecca Sugar, who was a writer on Adventure Time, left to go do Steven Universe. It has a lot in common. It's kind of like a they do it like eleven minute episodes and it's kind of like marketed as a kids show, which like kids would like it, but it also has like a lot of very like deep like backstory and lore and they just reveal a little bit more about the sort of like the larger kind of arc kind of like periodically throughout just much like a measured time and it has a lot of just more adult themes so it's basically about this kid named steven his last name is universe his father like they live in this like kind of like little beachside town somewhere and his father is just like this kind of bum who lives in his van and runs a car wash and his mother is a like a alien crystalline entity like an alien made out of crystals that like saves the universe and was exiled from her home planet for trying to rescue her and so but but her mother is like dead and her mother's sort of like friends or sisters or compatriots are kind of raising steven and it's uh it's it's really good it it kind of digs into stuff like about gender and sexuality and inclusion and belonging and lots of just like really good themes. So there's, there's 155 episodes and and each episode is 10 minutes. So you can just really speed through them. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Kind of scratches that same itch that Adventure Time did. And I've been meaning to watch it for years now and kind of never got around to it. So it's, it's, it's really good. You would like that. It's definitely yeah. Show you can you can definitely watch with your kids, but also like just as an adult, you know, just as a say forty year old man, you can watch it. You really get a lot out of it. So 
I've also just been watching a lot of YouTube lately. Like I think I've been looking for kind of more shorter form things. So I've been watching some fun like travel and food shows that are on YouTube. There's a channel called How to Drink, which is this guy who lives in New York, New Jersey, somewhere around there. And he just makes cocktails and he has good commentary and invents his own cocktails and will like deconstruct things. One of the things that he does that I really love is he goes to like Applebee's or Chili's and he pours the cocktails they have into like big Yeti bottles and then takes them home and then tries them and tries tries to like deconstruct them and make like a better version of them, which is pretty fun. He does a lot of just kind of interesting. He made a he made an Agnostura bitters ice cream the other day. That was really interesting. Ooh. Yeah. So I've been watching that. There's a couple other ones. Yeah, that are just just really good. So been trying to just watch more YouTube lately. Not trying to, but but just watching more YouTube lately. I don't know if anybody ever is just like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch more YouTube lately. I should <laughs> probably watch more YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just do. So that's kind of been been where I've been at with TV. Tim, how about you? Oh, I need to watch this first thing you're going to talk about. Yeah. Ted Lasso is the first thing on the list here. Yeah. Which partially is because I've had a mustache for the last month. <laughs> oh, still. Um, yeah. So I've, I've, I've opted for the, so I got the mustache and like the five o'clock shadow look. I'm calling it the like Russian soldier or something <laughs> like a, but man, I shaved that beard. Like I shaved the beard part off and I swear it came back grayer. <laughs> than it was like when I shaved it off. I mean, it was that long, but I know I'm like working in reverse for most people. It's like my head was has been like white for yeah ten years, and now my beard's catching up, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but uh, hold on to something. But anyways, but Ted Lasso, the last season, which I'd heard some kind of like whining about from people, and but whiners. like whiner's gonna whine. But like my my feeling was just like you're just whining because you're whining. Like this is like. This is where things were heading inevitably, and these are still amazing. Yeah. And this show, like the premise, this is the the perfect example of like a premise of a show. It's not going to last nine seasons. Yeah. Like no way. Like so, they've got to like button some stuff up, and it almost is like more realistic because it's like yeah. you get to a point where Ted Lasso's character is just like, I can't. Why am I doing this? You know, <laughs> like why why am I still doing this? I but watched I the first episode of this last it. season, and I, I love sort of like. This, this sort of descent into evil that Nate is going through, like, like that, like whatever his name is on the show, Giles, <laughs> the, the owner of the rival football club, just like his, his office is just like an evil Rupert. layer. <laughs> Rupert, that's it. Which yeah. is funny because that's also his name on Buffy, Rupert Giles. <laughs> but yeah, Rupert's, um, he's just like, oh, well, so freaking evil. Buckle up because Nate's character is like a really like fun, like it's just like yeah. a really like fascinating part of the whole, the yeah. whole season. But yeah, no, it's great. It's just, that show is just wonderful. It makes show. my heart happy and makes me laugh a lot. So at first, I, I, at first, I thought ahead. I was like, "Oh, it's about soccer. I don't really care about soccer." And then it's yeah. like, "It's it's not." I mean, soccer's in there, but it's yeah, not really some soccer. Yeah, yeah, fantastic show. And I finally, I I think I had watched like three episodes when it first came out, and I'm finally going back and watching Barry. Mm, mm-hmm. Have either of you watched Barry with? I have not. I, I later. I'm familiar with it, but I haven't watched it. Ooh, dude, oh man, it's so good. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, the premise is he's a hit. Like Bill Hader's character is a hitman, and then he like has to go like kill somebody in Los Angeles, and the person is going to a acting class, <laughs> and he gets like sucked in and like wants to be an actor, but like he's still got this other side of his life where he's like a for hire hitman. It is. It's so good. And it's so funny. It's it's like one of the, I, it's one of the best shows. I, I've watched like eight episodes in the last few days, and it's just one of the best shows on TV. Hmm. So I would definitely recommend. And so the the reason actually <laughs> that I got back into it is that the other day one of my buddies he was like, "Hey, I've got this gift card to." I was like Fandango or something. He's like, "My family's out of week out of town this week. Like, do you want to go see a movie? Like, should we go see a movie?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, let's do it." I haven't been to a movie in a while. And we were trying to figure out what to see. And the only thing, the only option that we had was John Wick 4. <laughs> have you guys seen any of the John Wick movies? I have not. I hadn't either. But, but you started I watched, with 4. <laughs> I watched the first three okay. in like 36 hours. Like I just like <laughs> blew through these, you know, these movies, which was like our super intense experience. Yeah. So it was like 
ultimate hitman story you know like you're just seeing like headshots everywhere i think i saw like i think i i I googled it and it was like i think over the course of those four movies i saw like 430 people die or something (laughs) like that how many of them died by pencil the two eight no three oh what's this no this the story they always tell about him is he killed he killed like five people with a pencil but it only happens once in the show where it's (laughs) pencil and I swear, I swear, if you zoom in, it's an Amazon basics, basic pencil, which I was like, <laughs> it's good for writing. It's the only thing it's good for. It's good for editing. It's good, good for, for writing underwater. Tailing. It's good for assassinations. It's <laughs> that's those hard lead grades are for. Yeah, <laughs> but man, those those movies are so freaking ridiculous. Like I'm so ridiculous. Like it's like everybody in the movie is an assassin. I'm like. What, is there like a community college major in this world where you can like go for assassin where they're like, yeah, you should probably go into like be like an x-ray technician or maybe like how, how fast can you load a pistol? You know, like, yeah, because there's so, there's so many people that just seem to know what's going on. They're so, so ridiculous. Assassin was, vocational school. Exactly. I was like, man, the community college is like, hey, we're recruiting for the assassin school. <laughs> so that was what led me back to Barry and Barry is so, so, so very good. And the last thing is that Jane and I went to a movie this weekend. We got we went to Asheville, North Carolina, just the two of us for a couple nights, and we saw Guardians of the Galaxy three. Hmm. Have either of you seen that? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've heard I've heard that there's just a bunch of like kind of motifs of like animal cruelty, and I'm not sure if I want to see that. It is, what do you think? Well, I mean, the whole yeah, sort of the sub the subplot for it is about Rocket, like where Rocket came from. Yeah, and this guy's like experimenting on on animals. And you know it has a redemptive end, but but it's pretty disturbing. Like I mean, I don't even know how much I want to go into it. It's like it was one of those movies that was like it was a entertaining movie, yeah. But at the end of it, you kind of have to shake it off. Like you're like, oh jeez, yeah. Like he's just like some even the scenes that are funny. You're like in the moment, you're like, huh, yeah, I guess that's funny. And then afterwards, you're like, that wasn't <laughs> that was screwed like, up. That was that's <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, glad I saw it. But it has a different it has a different tone than the first two. The first two were kind of goofy and funny, and this these the third one has the the feel of like the goofiness and the jokes, but it's just heavier. But yeah, nice. That's me. How about you, Johnny? I'm I'm excited to hear about this first one that you got because I've oh, been wanting to watch it. I haven't started yet, but yeah. So I started binge watch the Diplomat because I like Rufus Sewell a lot, and uh, oh, some Rufus lady's name, Carrie um, Russell. Carrie. Yeah, I kind of hate her in this show because <laughs> oh, like okay. it's like, oh look, I'm so you busy. I'm, you can't I'm hate busy. Felicity. Well, and whenever she cusses, which is a lot, it's like forced. It sounds really unnatural. Like she doesn't actually like her character doesn't cuss, but for some reason she's deciding right now to cuss a lot. Hmm. Like for what's the her whole Star series. Wars name? Fennec Shand or something like that? Or what's it? Uh, what? She's in Star Wars. Fennec Shand is. She's pretty old. The lady oh, no. yeah. That's Ming-Na. Yeah, no, okay. I'll look. Oh, yeah. She's in Star Wars. She has a helmet. Yeah, anyways, I'll figure it out. I was because like, I was. I remember when I heard her voice, I was like, I know that voice. But... Hmm. I gotta look this up later. Oh, Zori Bliss. Zori Bliss. She was in oh, episode okay. nine, Rise of Skywalker. She had the red helmet. Okay. And the Y-Wing. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I mean... Unrelated. I don't know if you guys saw the latest Mandalorian season. Yeah. Which I guess I should have put on there. But uh, like everybody who's like insanely famous will do like yeah. the smallest part on any of these shows. Like Lizzo and great yeah. Jack Black. Jack Black was awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. I died when he came on. And Christopher Lloyd had a little tiny part. That's right. Like, yeah. What he the is. hell? Sometimes yeah. I'm like, that can't really be like that person. Jack Black wouldn't come on here for five minutes. <laughs> that so was. It's Star Wars. You want to be on here for five minutes? It's like, yeah. So is like, I'll be on there for five seconds. Yeah, like I'll pay you. (laughs) (laughs) So is the diplomat like, like West Wing, but like, like diplomacy, or is it? I've never seen the West Wing. Okay, Mm -hmm. but it's everybody talks really fast. What? Yeah, but talk to Johnny. You have to go watch the West Wing right now. Yeah, medication. We'll we'll wait. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) pop a couple extra pills. (laughs) Stay up. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie Russell was in Cocaine Bear too, by the way. He was. Yeah. Cocaine Bear? <laughs> I did not watch Cocaine Bear. But... I didn't watch it either, but it there it is. IMDb. Well. Amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, Rufus Sewell is like amazing because he's amazing. Does he play and a Nazi in this? Like no, he but he does, does a re- he does such a very good American accent. Really? That like if you didn't know he was British, you totally would never get it. That's true. He was he had American accent in The Man in the High Castle and it was pretty good. Yeah, this one's even better because he's he's not dressed like a Nazi. Yeah, so it's more believable. Yeah, and related to Nazis, recently finished Transatlantic, which is also on Netflix, which is about the American Rescue Committee, what it's called. But it, before things really really amp up in World War II. They are tasked with getting 200 people on a list out of Europe, mostly like writers, artists, and academics. Hmm. But uh, just a mini series. It like the two leads were really, really bad, but the show was very good. And it had Corey Stahl. I appreciate Corey Stahl. Jillian Jacobs yeah. is in it. In community. The lady who did the lead reminds me of our friend Corinne on the pen shows. So. Mary Jane Gold. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it didn't have a corny ending, which is good because then it, that would be really unbelievable. And also, World War II, we recently started watching A Small Light, which is on Hulu and Disney Plus because they're like really proud of the show. It's about the couple who hid Anne Frank's family and a lot of other people. Hmm. So we're like halfway in, and Frank he doesn't want to watch it. It's sad. Like about World War Two. A lot of a lot of Nazi content happening here. Yeah, she watches Nazi documentaries literally every night. Like, if you were like a middle-aged white man, I'd be really, really freaked out about this. Or she gonna go see Sisu? Have you seen the trailer for that? Sisu? Oh yeah. Sisu. Yeah. Speed of John Wick. I think it's like Nazi killer version of John Wick. It's like it's like uh, Nazi treasure and stuff, right? Yeah, uh, but he's like a he's from Denmark or something. But he's this like guy, and he just like it's basically just like a big long movie of him just killing Nazis. Like, <laughs> watch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, the we're, trailer we're... is like a lot, so just in case you watch it, just <laughs> word <laughs> you of see warning. you see some stuff. <laughs> Content warning. Of course, this Christopher Nolan's movie comes out. I guess this summer. Oh yeah, with us, Cillian or Killian Murphy as Reimer. That's, that's an intense spot trailer. on casting. It's a bunch of people just like looking real nervous and kind of yelling at each other. He apparently wrote the movie like, and he was the person that he wanted to give the role to. Like from when he was, like from when he conceived the movie, he was just oh. like, "This is the guy." Yeah, he's him in a lot of stuff, but not so much in the big roles. So to speak. Cool. Yeah. You know, he was super good in Peaky Blinders. My, my mother-in-law thinks that that's what Henry look, will look like when he grows up. Excellent. My Henry has brown eyes. I, <laughs> he, I mean, the eyelashes, they both have like four inch long eyelashes. I always thought he looked like that guy who played, oh, what's his name? He's real weird. Marty McFly's father in Back to the Future. Frank. What's... Oh, I can't remember. Why? Oh, shoot. Oh. I can't get Crispin Glover. Oh, yeah, Crispin Glover. He, yeah, yeah. He's so creepy and yeah. also so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Which there was one of the late night shows that he got banned from because he went on there with some like shtick and stuck. To, I think it was Letterman. <laughs> I don't remember the story. It was really interesting and kind of sort of like what the happened. Yeah, I remember him as being Gollum, weird CGI Beowulf. Hmm. The one with Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah, that was was creepy, the whole thing. Where'd Ray Winstone go? He was so awesome in so many things in the early aughts. He's had great voice. So yeah, we can we could talk about stuff that I stream when I should be reading books on. <laughs> but let's talk about reading books. You wanna switch it up and go first, Tim? You guys wanna fight it out? You go ahead, Tim. That's fine. If I- how do we fight? We're, we're online. I don't know what to do. Use your words. I'm going to do a strongly words. worded tweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have been reading, and this back to our last episode, but I, I picked up a copy of Jane Kenyon's new and selected poems. It's called Otherwise, and have really been enjoying that. And 
I got the other two, which has been kind of a theme for me recently, but or have been music books. And one of them I've been meaning to read like since high school, which is This Wheels on Fire by Levon Helm, who's the drummer for the band. Hmm. And I've been, yeah, I've just been like, I don't know why I have, I, I can't believe I haven't read it considering how many other like, you know, ridiculous rock and roll books I've read over the years, but it is his, you know, ghost written or co-written memoir or whatever, where you, you can tell it's like so true to his tone and the way that he talks in interviews that you can tell it was just like this ghostwriter was, this is going to be the easiest friggin' job I've ever had in my life. Just turn on the recorder, just tell him to talk and just, <laughs> and then just transcribe. Yeah, because he's such a good storyteller. But this is the book that's like he famously shit talks Robbie Robertson Mm in the band, who is, you know, Martin Scorsese's BFF and does all of his soundtracks and stuff. But have you you guys seen The Last Waltz? Mm -mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. With Seth Rogen? No. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I just say that movie was really. I just, I'm not laughing because you don't know. It's just, I'm laughing because that's like so far from what it actually is. It's like a Seth Rogen movie. No, it's a Martin Scorsese documentary about the last concert by the band. It's like 1975. Yeah. I think, you know, 1975, that's more like Jonah Hill rather than. Seth. Yeah. Oh, take this waltz. I'm sorry. Take oh, this okay. waltz. Oh, yeah. yeah don't, no. I, don't watch it. It's really terrible. Don't watch it. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, maybe one of the greatest concert films ever made. I've watched it dozens of times and this is famously where he, you know they bring in all these guests they have like neil young and van morrison and Joni mitchell and eric clapton and muddy waters it's like everyone comes to sit in with them hmm. but the whole film just like centers on robbie robertson's face and this is the book where levon helm finally like let it out where he's like his mic wasn't even on <laughs> like <laughs> they just wanted him on camera but like he can't sing so but oh, they just kept. Yeah. So this this is interesting. I live three blocks away from the concert venue that it took place. Oh, at. was it Winterland or where Win- was it? Winterland Ballroom, which no longer yeah, yeah. exists. But yeah, like I I live super close to there. It's cool. Yeah, they they serve. It was on Thanksgiving Day, and they served a full Thanksgiving meal to everyone who came oh, to wow. the concert. But anyways, so reading his memoir, "This Wheels on Fire," which is very entertaining. And also, Lucinda Williams just came out with a memoir called Don't Tell Anyone the Secrets I Told You. So, yeah, just another good songwriter book, where I came from, how I came up with these song ideas. And, you know, Lucinda Williams is pretty incredible. She's an amazing, amazing woman. Car Wheels on a Gravel Road is one of the best albums ever made. But, yeah, those are the, yeah, that's what I've been, what I've been reading lately. Nice. Yeah. Johnny, do you want to do it? I have not been reading enough lately. I'm most of the way through The Overstory, which if you read The Underworld by uh, oh, Rob yeah. McFarlane, Amazon was constantly throwing in your face. Um, I used to uh, uh, set a field notes based on this. Yeah, it's just, so it's a novel, and the whole first part of it is a collection of stories that are completely not connected to one another, aside from all of them having something to do with trees. So I mean, I really enjoyed them, but I was like, what the hell how's this a novel and then in the second part it picks up from the last story in the first part and everything starts coming together and you realize oh it isn't but it's so good it's all about like trees and our relationship to trees i don't want to spoil it but uh, one thing they talk about which is which aside from the title the connection to robert mcfarlane is underground fungal networks where trees communicate to one another and even like send each other nutrients through fungi underground and they give the fungi nutrients as sort of like a trait that's i mean that stuff it's so cool and one of the characters in the book posited that and then had her career ruined because she was a woman and said something so outlandish even though she could prove it and yeah that's part of one of the storylines but yeah i'm still not finished i've been reading it for like i'm not spending enough time reading. I've also been reading Keith Smith's books. If you do any book binding, then you've seen like Longstitch and a lot of these bindings that don't require you to make a traditional text block and glue it 
he calls non-adhesive bindings. So he has oh, five volumes of them that are enormous and full of intricate drawings. And they're really, really good reading. If you want to dive super deep, one is about just making books that don't have a signature. They're just single sheets that you make into a book, hmm. but not using like binder rings or glue. So super interesting, but they're they're heavy, so they always arise from Amazon kind of beat up. So don't get them. And finally, I've been reading Beach Badge, which is a zine from Eight Stone Press, local zinester. And it's about the Jersey Shore. So our friend Ed Kemp is in at least one. I can't remember if he was in both of the first two. And apparently number three is out, which I haven't read yet. But it's like everything a zine should be. It's so good. And it's very well laid out, but it doesn't look like a magazine. It still looks like a zine, which I appreciate. But the link will be in the show notes. It's like lots and lots of stories of the Jersey Shore. Some of them are very funny and some of them are like, whoa. They so, reference in the the cool the cool shit section of the website. They talk about atomic books. Yeah, the the author and his wife are like zine superstars. Hmm. And Avita had a book out. But uh, yeah, that's all I've been reading. Although I should be reading more. How about you, Andy? I've been <laughs> I've been reading. I've been kind of skipping around a little bit. Like I really need to just kind of like finish one thing. But I just picked up the other day. A the newest book by Dave, Dave Eggers. It's called The Eyes and the Impossible, like E Y E S and the Impossible. And it is, it takes place. It's told through the the eyes of a stray dog who lives in a park that is not entirely unlike Golden Gate Park, although it kind of remains nameless. And this dog is the eyes of the park. Like he sees everything. He runs and sees, you know, when they're building new trails or when there's like a concert happening or they're making new buildings and. He reports back to the bison who live in the park. There's like an enclosure with bison in it, which is kind of the giveaway that it's basically Golden Gate Park. And it's basically just this whole really rich kind of like world fantasy world that are told through the eyes of these animals. And the reason I picked it up is because it is completely gorgeous. I'll have a link in the show notes to the Amazon link. And it's the, I picked up the Woodbound edition and the cover has this like, it's not quite as thin as like shelter wood or cherry wood from Field Notes, but it's like a thin layer of wood that's been laser cut with a really beautiful kind of a tree pattern and and the the title that says the eyes the eyes and the impossible. It just looks really lovely. It's only like even though it's just like so ornate, it's only twenty five bucks. So on Amazon and I in in person, I bought it at Folio Books in San Francisco. Really cool. Um, been enjoying that so far. I also picked up a comic book in the East Bay. At, was it in Berkeley? It was in Oakland, I think. And it's called Hidden Systems by Dan Knott, N-O-T-T. And it's a comic book about infrastructure. And so it talks about like electricity lines and water lines and the internet and basically just kind of explains the just enormity of the feats like that it takes to get running water and the internet and things to your house. It's pretty, it's pretty good so far. It's a, like a graphic novel about it. And then I'm still reading Promise is Stronger Than Darkness, which is a YA kind of space opera. That's the third in a trilogy I've talked a little bit about on the show before by Charlie Jane Anders, who is a really great sci-fi author and a local. So I've been reading that one. I spent some time just kind of wandering around yesterday on Memorial Day and stopped and had a couple beers and read read some more of that. So that's a good that's a good book. That is those are the three things I kind of been reading concurrently. Awesome. You want to keep going? Sure. Talking to jump into what you're using. I want to hear about this first one. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, I started a new job and one of the sort of like little pieces of tech that or like swag that they gave me was a something called a tech kit by a company called Bellroy, which makes like bags and and organizers and stuff. Yeah, they field notes cover. Oh right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And this is I put a link to the Amazon page. It's basically this, but with the the logo of the company on the front of it. And it is, it's very nice. It can hold like a mouse and some cables and I, and like a MacBook charger and headphones. Currently I have my little Bluetooth mouse in there. I have my, my Blackwing one, one stage sharpener in there. 
and a bunch of cables. And I have been using actually today my erasable Baron Fig Squire. And I, there's a little pen loop for that. So I've, I have that in there too, as well as my Apple Pencil. So it's really nice. It's it's very good quality. If you want one that doesn't have like a, I mean, first of all, if you don't work somewhere where they give you a corporate logo over them, you can get them on online for like 60 bucks. They're really nice. I've never really had a thing quite like this before. I've had like a little pocket cable organizer that you put in your bag, but nothing quite like this. They have some cool looking bags. Yeah. That are not stupid expensive. Yeah. I like their sling bag a lot. I also picked or a, a bag I got recently that I've been using that I'll talk about here is by Tom Bin, which is a Seattle based bag maker, which is has some acclaim among like bag people. My friend Michael got me this really nice, like that's called the medium cafe bag. It's just a nice little shoulder bag. And lately they started making a crossbody bag called the side hustle. And it is really great. They've so far have had sort of like two drops and they've sold out like within minutes. And it, it's basically the size and the width of it is just about big enough to fit like an 11, an 11 inch iPad. And there's all sorts of internal organization for pens and pouches and various things. So just got that yesterday and I've been walking around with it and it's very comfortable. It's really nice. So, they have a really nice 90s palette. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very 90s. Yeah. They have a lot of like those kind of like graph kind of graph fabric things. I got the the gray. It's called nebulous gray ballistic nylon with wasabi halcyon, which is the sort of like the internal fabric. It's like a, a really nice like like bright green inside. So big fan of that. If you if you want to sign up to be notified of when the next drop is and on the website and when you get the email, like put something on your calendar because last time it sold out in minutes. So that's kind of what I had to do, which is ridiculous, but whatever. It could be fun. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise, I am using my Lutzterm orange notebook with my Baron Fig X erasable Squire. Yeah, but but I also put it in Easy Flow ballpoint refill in it because it's nicer to carry around. I don't have to worry about it leaking very very much. Those are so good. Yeah, I have a I have a nice blue one in it. Nice. Tim, how about you? I was I mentioned I was in Asheville this past weekend, and we went to the pen shop, like the stationery store that I have told you guys about over the year called Origami Inc. Mm-hmm. in Asheville. And I'm really, I was, first of all, I was just like happy to see that it was still like going strong and they even have like more than they usually do. I sent you a picture of a ridiculously big Lamy pen you outside. Did. What's funny is that the storefront doesn't look like a storefront. And at first I thought it was your house and that you just bought a giant Lonnie and just put it outside of the front door of your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I stole it. It's out front now, so that's why. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was really cool to be there. And I initially went because I had recently bought a platinum preppy for the first time in a long time. And man, does that? I mean, it's like sort of stupid. It's like with the the pilot. Metropolitan or whatever, like that pen's so smooth. It's so great. It's like six bucks. Like mm. it's like insane, right? Maybe more than the Metropolitan. It's almost like a Pilot Varsity or whatever. It's like it's just made by a company that can make them really precisely. So they're super smooth. But I I converted it to eyedropper and filled it with the Diamine Gibson. What is it called? Cherry Sunburst ink, mm. and it just holds a crap load of ink, and it's been great. But when I went to this place in Asheville I wanted to get another ink and I just like diamond inks and I was wanting to get a gray ink and so I was down to they, they let me try out a ton of them and I was down to diamond gray or diamond silver fox and I ended up getting diamond gray and loading up a on the same subject as the preppy the platinum is it placer or placier now you pronounce it p-l-a-i-s-i-r Hmm. It's I kind of a step up from the preppy. Preppies, it's not worth it. You should just get a preppy, by the way, if you're in the market. But it's the same. It's the exact same pen. It's just like nicer, and you can't make an eyedropper because it has metal in the mm-hmm. in the casing. But yeah, but I'm loving this gray. It's just dark enough to be legible. Really liking it. I've also been really enjoying the Blackwing Arrows 2022 pencil. Yeah. 
that came out last last year. It's the one with or, the arrow stamped in the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've just been using that every day for a while, and those arrows pens are are really awesome. One thing I'm not using is the ridiculous Blackwing golf pencil, which <laughs> I know we're not doing a Fresh Points episode, so we'll probably talk about this another time, but that is the stupidest crap I've ever seen. I, I was just so mad. I saw it, I was like, Gah! Ah! Ah! like you know, like Bart Simpson running across the room to punch a wall. Like, that is so stupid. Like, that is such a dumb idea. I'm sorry. I mean, what's um, nice is you can, you know, you can just take a regular pencil and you can get both a, a golf pencil and a, like, bullet pencil nubbin. Uh, it's like when they came out with their like little blackwing slates that had yeah. like a half of a blackwing and we're like okay <laughs> you know and now it's like a whole dozen and it's, it's and they even... Made even they even made a short box for it too mm-hmm. uh, this makes me so mad it's like gosh because most people don't even use pencils that small so i'm like what so this we'll talk about audience like so your audience is people rich enough to play golf in 2023 with I guess that's with blackwing pencils instead of with blackwing pencils, little... like the, you know they give you free ones there that you forget <laughs> about in the golf cart, and then the person throws them in the trash. So it's like, just save your leftover. Bla- oh my gosh, that's so stupid. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It makes me so mad because we've been like praising. They did so many cool things in a row, and then this one came out. I was just like, oh, I love for the labs. It's we been... should just make it shorter, and then <laughs> you know. And then I, of course, my my like conspiracy theory brain starts running with it. I'm like, oh, they're gonna start shaving inches off these pencils, aren't they? <laughs> like we're gonna end up paying thirty eight dollars a dozen, and they're gonna be eight centimeters shorter. <laughs> I love how polarizing it's been in the group because some people are just like have a visceral reaction, and some people are like, these are great. That's so stupid. That's so dumb. I think it's so dumb, <laughs> and I always will. It's just like with labs, it's like you should be trying to do something interesting with it. Like or a different shape. It's like you're just cutting them in half and not charging fifty percent. Like then it's dumb. So, anyways, so not using those. Last thing I was going to mention <laughs> was the Musgrave pencil knot notebook, which I've really been loving. We haven't talked about it for several episodes, but I have been using it as my desk notebook at work. Hmm. So I use it kind of sideways, like landscape style, and pretty much. All of my work notes for weeks have just gone into that, and it behaves really well with everything I write on it. And I just really love that. So the big, I have the big black one, and it's just awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's me, Jenny. So mine's boring. I've been using this like vintage pencils and a cup on my desk constantly, but I keep reaching for this nineteen. 19- I think it's an 80s Dixon Ticonderoga because the yellow they used back then was, it wasn't gold, it was still yellow, but it sort of had like a little flavor of those old, like Faber-Castell American pencils. So it was like a toned down yellow. They're very pretty. But uh, yeah, I they're a little harder, so they work out for what I've been doing. And I put this on here to brag it, Tim. I've been using my Levenger True Writer in Kyoto. A lot because it has a bold nib but it's not a super wet bold nib if that makes sense what color so, is Kyoto? it's not cool so ebay seller is usually listed as tortoise shell but it's not tortoise shell it it's has way better it's got yeah. blue in it too hmm. so picture like i don't know like what you think is tortoise shell except that there are these big blobs of this like really pretty dark blue in it oh i see it yeah that, that's attractive that's so like my... pretty it's one of my favorite. I dream and Johnny sent me an, a link to one, like, what was that, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? And I was like, and I set multiple alarms on my phone, and something happened, missed it. The thing ended up selling for like 26 bucks or something. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa. like, super cheap. I was, did ugh, they, I was so uh, Did they not say which one it was? They I don't think this. so. Man. I think they made, they kept this one around for a little while, so there are a lot of them floating around. Um, It's just, it's so pretty. So I've been using Bond's third degree in it, which is, it's not green, it's not gray, it's almost blue. So if you play Minecraft, it, you know, it's the color of oxidized copper, which is apparently what they were going for, but That's it's cool. so pretty. But um, I don't know what to put in it next, because it's one of those pens where I like it, so I tend to use it two or three times before I put it back away with my other 50 
true writers. If it so, suddenly goes missing from the collection, maybe you won't notice and we'll know what happened to it. Next time Tim's in Baltimore, he's like, hey, can I come over? <laughs> I just found yeah, one. That might happen. <laughs> I just found the Java. I don't remember when that one came out, but they've got a couple of coffee themed ones. And this one is just so damn pretty. I can't wait till it gets here. I also got a stupid price on it, which is even better. But yeah. And I, so I wake up in the morning and, you know, check out my bullet journal because my brain needs that. And I picked up one of those pens. I think we talked about this briefly. Last time I was in Boston, they called it the dry griffle or something. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's like a really nice gel pen that's smooth and not gushy. So my, my, my bullet journal is like big fat fountain pen writing, little scratches of pencil. And then that is like very neat that black letters. Like the only thing that's kind of legible, but. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I want to get another one because they make a pencil too, which is awesome. This one's called the number one, but they abbreviate it NR period. So the pencil one is, of course, two. I don't know how many colors that comes in. This one comes in like a million colors, but I just have a black. So finally, if you follow Field Notes, they put a thing. Was this like two weeks ago? I think it's called the Father's Day Permits. So it's this like, weird jumble of stuff in the gift bag that they think would appeal to dad. So it's got like father-child communication forms that are sort of like a funny little ad libs thing. You have to have official forms in order to like communicate with your child. As a well, they, my kids have official forms that communicate with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. They're full of expletives. Yeah. <laughs> and it came with, it came with a pack of notebooks, a pin that says the Department of Child Life dad's government issue parental permit play catch and release which is kind of cute and eraser and this leather pouch and i know i don't use leather like it's really cool but the whole reason i wanted it is because it comes with a round natural wood pencil that says number zero zero one from the desk of dad so i don't know if i'll ever actually sharpen it but it actually i i don't think i read the description very well it all fits together so, like, when it came, I'm like, where's all the stuff? Oh, it's in the case. That's... But it was ordered with my account, my field notes account. So when it came, it was addressed to me, and I it, even though I knew what it was. So Father's Day came two weeks early, or three weeks early. <laughs> and they it sort of hinted that at $115 and only 1,000 of them, they would sell out really quickly. But I don't think they sold out yet. Because they're like, at this price, it's going to sell out right away. At that price, what the hell, what the hell does it cost that much money? But yeah, I'm looking right now as of Monday night or Tuesday night. It's still there for 115 bucks. Hmm. But yeah, I'm, that's my colorful and not colorful selection. So nice. you want to button this episode up? Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening to. Yeah. We actually about the stuff that we've been putting off for a while. Yeah, we recorded an episode when we were supposed to. <laughs> we did it. Back but, um, yeah, so we have a Patreon, of course. And if you are a supporter at the Nubbin stage, then you get a producer credit, which I would find cool if I were not, like, a regular show, I guess. So if you're a producer, we made your names at the end of episodes. So thank you to all of our listeners and Patreon folks, but especially to our Patreon producers. Liz Rotundo, Melissa Miller, Angie, Aaron Bollinger, Andrew Austin, Elvind Hirtis, Hirtis, sorry. It's a new Ta- patron. Yeah, Tara Whittle, Ida Umfers, David Johnson, Phil Munson, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Paul Moorhead, John Capaluti, Stephen Fransali, Aaron Willer, Millie Blackwell, Michael Dialosa, Tana Feliz, Ann Sype, Joe Crace, Michael Hagen, Bill Clow, Mary Collis, Kathleen Rogers, Kelton Weens, Hans Noodleman, and John Wood. And you, you can... Everybody. Yeah. Oh, I forgot on, to do sorry. that, where to, where to find us stuff. Oops. You can do that. Is it going to be a pain in the ass to edit it in? No, not at all. Okay. Okay. Take two. We are the Erasable Podcast. You can find us at erasable.us. This is episode 196, which is at 
erasable.us slash 196. You can find us on social media at Erasable Podcast. And on Facebook, you can check out our Facebook group, which is a weird bastion of kindness on the, the interwebs. Uh, and folks, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you online? Yeah. I am andy.wtf is my website. And on Twitter and various things is at awellflight. Awesome. How are you, my Tim? name is Tim Wassum, and I am on <laughs> How do you spell that? Twitter. Wassum. W-A-S-E-M. I, I did discover that growing up, people would hear me spell my last name and they would always say, oh, okay, and it ends in an N. I was like, no, it ends hmm. in an M. And I think it's because of because I mumble. <laughs> so moving to the South, I learned that if I just pronounce it with a Southern accent, they never get it wrong. <laughs> so I always say W-A-S-E-A-M. A-M. And they never get it wrong. T-M Wassum, W-A-S-E-M. Yes, I'm on Twitter at Tim Wassum and with an am. And I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. And I'm Johnny. You can find me at on social medias at Pensolution and at PensilRevolution.com. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, then we'll turn it off. Mm-hmm.